Hi, this is John Porteous from the Lovells Township Historical Society, and you're listening to the Backcast Podcast. This week, uh, my buddy Glenn is taking the week off. He's enjoying some family time, so uh, I'm going to sit down with Tom and Alexis Broadhead of the 406 Flyline Company. We're going to hear a few stories, uh, a little something about what they're trying to achieve with their firm and uh, how it relates to our pursuit of trout. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Um, Hi, everybody. I'm joined today with uh, Tom and Alexis Broadhead of 406 Flylines. And um, Tom and and Alexis have uh, kind of crafted a a unique path um, in that they are are running a fly line company and uh, doing so uh, out of uh, Livingston, Montana, uh, so we're, the show is having a little bit further reach today. So, uh, good morning, Tom. Good morning, Alexis. Good morning, good John. Good morning, John. Yeah. What are, as, as we're prone to do, it's always good to know, um, how folks, uh, came to fly fishing. So if you guys wouldn't mind, spend, spend a few moments and, and kind of tell us about your background and how you came up. Oh, not at all. My my father was a big fly fisherman, but as a kid, it never really interested me. I actually didn't get started up until probably I was in my 40s. It took a long time, and unfortunately, he was gone by that time, so I never really got a chance to fish with him. But um, we grew up in the uh, eastern side of the Catskills, a little town called Woodstock, New York. Some people remember that. And... Uh, Maybe one or two. Yeah. And uh, we fished these sopas mostly. We had a uh, membership in the the local YMCA had a fly fishing club on the upper never sink. And uh, they had six miles of the east branch, six miles of the west branch of the uh, never sink. And uh, the club had... 27 members, and we could fish 12 miles of the upper never sink. That was totally private. And it was the most amazing water. I've, it was like the Catskills 100 years ago. And um, it's still one of my favorites. But um, we got a chance to get out. We got a, both got an early retirement from the New York State Department of Transportation. We've been coming out to Montana for like 10 years fishing easily. And we just decided this was a natural. We'll move out here, and uh, we have never looked back, and we've really enjoyed um, enjoyed the area. And uh, Alexis, I was trying to get Alexis to do it for a while. Yeah, there was, there was one day when we were still living back in New York, and Tom was out in the backyard. He was just casting. And I was watching him, and I'd never done it before, and I was saying, I, I can do that. So I went out and I said to Thomas, can I try? And lo and behold, that that kind of just... It flopped. It, no, it didn't. <laughs> That's what got me started. <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, after determining that I couldn't teach her to fish, like so many other things, like driving or something, um, I decided um, I got her a... a three-day gig at the uh, Joan Wolf School for Christmas. And oh, um, 
oh, that worked out great. I mean, Joan is such a little sweetheart. And um, she actually, she's a better fisherman than I am when I when she puts her mind to it. And uh, Me, not Joan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joan, of course, but me. And I, and I, <laughs> and I just enjoy watching her, watching her fish and cast. And uh, that's basically where we came from. And uh, I've always liked the smaller creeks, uh, the pocket water, because that's, mostly what we had and uh pocket water to me is always fun the pools a big pool or something i just i i can't do it it's just uh, i don't know what it is but i'd I'd rather fish the pocket water and the little riffles and the runs at the head head of the pool and tail of the pool and stuff and that's always been what's interested me and luckily out here there is a uh there's a lot of that kind of water and um with the Yellowstone River right here, we can jump in the raft in 20 minutes beyond the river, so um, we can get whatever we what want to do out here. So it, it's a it's a nice place. I think that's how that's how I got started. That's how Alexis got started, and it's been that's fun so ever since. That's outstanding. I love it. The uh, yeah, it's it, it's not everybody that gets to to realize that kind of a uh you know dream and a realization uh you know i i think uh my wife and i feel that we're kind of living that up here and it's uh it's cool when i we hear that from other folks as well oh yeah, yeah. and it it works out you know you never you're like you're wondering the first year or two but uh, in new york the taxes just kept going up and everything else and that uh, where we were was nice in the country, but it started to get more urbanized and stuff. And we said, let's go, you know, and, and this is Livingston's a nice little town. It's the first vacation we took that it was hard for us to go back home. Yeah. So that was, that's, that's, what that's, really that's a ringing endorsement right there. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so with your cat skills, uh, you know, origins, I, I'm assuming that's where your, uh, some of your pen in the small water stuff, some of your uh, passion for um, right. a more traditional uh, approach, if if I may, <laughs> you know, with line oh, leaders. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And my father used to do the real traditional Catskill fly fishing where he had he had a nice Orvis Spring Creek rod and he had all the everything was perfect and he put a little bear hook on it, cut a little piece of worm on it and throw it on there. So that's that's the traditional Catskill. <laughs> I see. <thing. laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, oh my. Well well so somewhere along the line, no pun intended. Um yep. You you've got involved um, in in crafting your own fly line company. Um, yeah. What 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 spurred you to do that? Well, you know, we were out here for for a few years, and um, I always used graphite. I never really thought much about glass. And then one day we were on the river, and I was casting a. Um, very famous company, and um, 
the rod started with a Z and I just put it down and I said, I can't cast this thing. It's too stiff. It's too uncomfortable. So I had a bunch of uh, Winston WTs and IM6s and a couple of the uh, TNT paradigms. And I pulled those guys out and I said, oh, this is really nice. And then um, we were playing at the fly shop here. I actually picked up a uh, TNT heirloom. And I said, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. And we, you know, I played with it and played with it. And um, I couldn't find a line that I liked. I, I'm looking and looking. And there were supposedly a few. And um, that's when I decided double tapers were, the, you know, was the kind of line I like. So I don't know whether it was what you'd even call it, but I said, oh, I can't find a line. I'll make my own lines. And uh, I looked around and we looked around. We went to a couple companies. None of the big guys really talked to us much because we were just real small. And um, I had a friend of mine at um, Yellowstone Angler. And I was talking to him one day and uh, telling him what I was doing. And those guys were really behind it. They they really they were one of our first boosters. And um, we got um, talking to people. And he says, you know what? I know a guy at SA, scientific anglers, that can get you in the door. He says, we're big widespread panic, widespread panic fans, you know, the, the, the band. And he said, we call up and talk all the time. So um, he calls his buddy, and they talk about widespread panic for like a half an hour. And he says, oh, yeah, by the way, this guy wants to build his own, build some lines. Can you hook us up with the, uh, you know, whoever does that for you guys, the OEM guy? He says, oh, yeah, sure. Let me get him and put him on the phone. So he's like to say that the band Widespread Panic got us started. And, I think that's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so we did it. We did a couple prototypes, and uh, I had um, scientific guys. Those guys were out in 35 below testing lines for us. I mean, that's and they they really got behind the idea of a small company because they do Orbis lines, they do Bass Pro Shop, they do um, a lot of the big companies plus even the smaller guys. And we were just a really small little guy trying to start out, and they said you know what, we really like you guys. And um, honestly, I can't say enough nice things about scientific anglers. They treat us like we're their only customer. I can always either call up or um, just send them an email. We get answers right back, and uh, they get us in, in the order stuff. And um, it worked out really well. We started in uh, 2015, and we did a... Uh, we did a couple things. We were at Gray Rock. We were at um, uh, Mike Lyons' thing in Colorado. Uh, we went to the Bamboo Bash down south, which was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed that. And uh, we've just been doing it. Um, and it's been When we first did it, we weren't sure. We were thinking just for glass lines. But then because we got the opportunity, to have a lot of the bamboo guys try the lines and they were they were absolutely loving them because they are made for a slow action rod and Tom wanted to he just he did the specs and he just wanted 
like the old time lines. There wasn't anything extra added to them. So that's kind of how that started. So we really love the fact that not only does it work on the glass, but also the bamboo guys absolutely love it. So that's and, perfect. Yeah, and now I, I will attest to that, Alexis. I, uh, I, I recently uh, purchased a line from Richard uh, for a bamboo rod that he and I built together. And uh, it's, uh, it's the perfect solution. <laughs> well, you know, he, uh, when we, um, we got doing this, the, uh, glass was the thing and I wasn't even thinking of, uh, bamboo. And then I said, you know what, when we went to a couple of these shows, guys started trying them and people trying them. Um, we put an advertisement in the planning forum and that's it, that and, um, our local things and on Cameron Mortison's Fiberglass Manifesto are really the only ads we run. We don't run ads at all. We uh, we just do word of mouth. And um, at this point, we're about 50-50 glass and uh, bamboo, which is really, uh, you know, makes me really happy that uh, we can do this. And um, we took just real simple, went back to the basic because I start, you know, I looked at the lines around here, and you can you can see a catalog like someone that starts with an R has a hundred different lines, and they have a bluegill line, and they have a carp line, and they have a bass line, you know, and and you just don't need that many lines to fish with, and we just took the basic characteristics of a lot of the old time guys, and um, put them together, and and it worked really well, and. I think the big difference is we have a uh, a 20 to a 24 inch tip on the front as opposed to like a six inch tip like most um, lines do these days, and it really gives a nice lay down and they work particularly nice for dry flies. So um, I think that's how we got started, and and it's just been it's been just slowly going, and uh, we we've been doing great. We have great customers, so. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, I love it. And it, what a great success story. Uh, yeah. You know, I think, you know, as, as you uh, alluded to earlier, uh, necessity is the mother of invention or, um, <laughs> and you're not, you're not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but maybe just bringing the wheel back. Right. Uh, yeah. I like that. I like yep. that a lot. So maybe maybe we hit the reset button a little bit for some of our listeners that um, you kind of touched on it a little bit with just the explosion in the types of specialty lines and things like that. But maybe you could talk a little bit more about um, kind of line evolution and uh, just what, what people might experience. I, I, I know a lot of, guys that I know are uh, with no disrespect just kind of pointed to the latest most marketable thing and may not completely appreciate what's behind everything. Yeah, you know, and we'll be the last people to tell you that's on a good line or this is, I mean, they all work for everybody at some point. So, And we leave it even with people that that want to try our lines, we've even said, well, let, we'll send you one, and if you don't like it, just, you know, send, it just back, send it back. Or we'll give you a yeah, refund. Or we'll don't give worry you a refund. It. There's no because, issues. Yeah, because everybody, 
the way people fish, everybody is different. Everybody likes the feel. You have to go by the, how you feel with the cast, and, and it, it's all a personal a personal yeah. thing. So if you don't, if, the, if our lines don't work for you, that, that's fine. You know, if they do work for you, great. Yeah. That's perfect. So it's, it's, it's everybody's personal preference. And ours just, a lot of people like ours, and that's awesome. Sure. Well, they went, you know, basically it went from silk lines to the braided lines. Um, PVC was really the first real, um, I think, evolution in it. And then, even then, it was just you get a double taper or a weight forward. And that was up through the 60s and 70s and stuff. And there wasn't a whole lot of different variety, you know, you, and it was Cortland, you buy a Cortland or a Scientific Anglers. There wasn't a whole lot of um, difference in them. And then that's where we started with our stuff. And with with the proliferation today, we just decided to go back to basics and figuring, you know, you don't need all those lines to fish. You can do it. If you can do it, you can do it with, with pretty much one line. You should be able to do a lot of stuff just to adjust your casting a little. And rather than um, buy a new one, you know, try to use what you got. And um, so in the 70s and stuff, it started, that's when it started to change and it started to get into um, the rocket tapers with Portland and the, and the forward loading and stuff like that. And pretty much today, anything you buy is very few of them are true to weight anymore. You know, like a five weight would be 140 grains, but a lot of them are like a uh, what am I trying to say? A lot of them are probably a line weight and a half. You know, instead of a um, four weight or five weight, it's a five and a half. And, um, yeah, like a half I, step higher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've even seen, I saw one Rio ad. I don't know if they run it anymore, but it actually said our, um, our new five weight is now a six weight. And I'm like, wait a minute. All they did was rebrand, you know, they just upped it one. So if they make it, and the graphite gets stiffer, and it gets um, and it gets harder to use, and so they need to, to have more weight on the line. So it's a real crapshoot. And the thing I love about the older, the older rods and the cane and the glass is there's a variety of lines you can use with it. If it says the four weight, you, you know, that's the starting point. You could use a three on it for this. You could use a five on it for this. You know, if you're real tight, you could go with a six. So um, I think the evolution, what we're trying to do is just bring things back to uh, some kind of sanity and something resembling um, simplicity. And that's always been what, you know, if we had a motto or whatever, you know, it would just be simplicity. That's all. We're not trying to to um, reinvent. We are not putting out a new model every year. You know, what we got is what we got, and we're going to keep using this because people like them, and we're just going to keep doing it. We're not at having to put out one every year. Like some of these guys will put out a new line every six months, and it's and – it's, um, more expensive, way more expensive, and uh, it's got this super slick X whatever, but 
reality is, you know, if you're if you're a decent caster, you can make anything work. So, no, I, I'm with you, and especially you know for the kind of fishing that you're talking about, you know, uh, small streams, creeks, um, which is kind of, you know we're a smaller river as well. And it's just, right. it's nice to be able to have that level of predictability and consistency. Um, I, you know, we don't, we don't need to cast a hundred feet. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> especially this time well, of year, uh, you know, when we're chasing the trichos, so. Well, you know, I'll use on the Yellowstone, I use a, um, an eight and a half foot six weight epic glass rod and I'll use a double taper line without any kind of issues because the double taper is easier to roll cast and it's easier to mend, you know, and if you're in a, in a, in a big river like this and there's so many little currents everywhere you can't even see and you see the line going all over the place, you know, you can mend it because if, if you got 40 feet of line out with the double taper, you're mending the whole line. And if it's a way forward, you're trying to mend 30 feet of the head and then you're trying to mend the running line and I just find it easier, you know, and that's that's all. No, I, I, I'm so. with you 100%. I'm with you 100%. That's awesome. The um, Well, the uh, one of the other things I noticed on your website was that you were uh, offering uh, hand-tied Harvey uh, templated yeah. leaders. And, uh, yeah. The the Harveys and the Humphreys are kind of near and dear to me. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about? Sure. Um, I you know we decided that we wanted to to stretch out a little, you know, and other than just the lines and um, but still keep it, you know, back to where we could bring it back a little bit. And um, I have George Harvey's book here, and I went through it, and he had. Really, over his lifetime, he had like three different incarnations of the same line. And the original was just with a stiff butt, and that's what he used for a long time. And then he decided that, you know, maybe we should do this with with a supple butt, and we'll see how these things work, and it worked better for him. And then towards the end of his career, he designed a whole brand-new line, that was similar, but it's still, you know, and that was completely supple because that was his uh, his whole. Um, still there? Yeah, it's kind of his philosophy. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hit the button here. And the uh, you're fine. <laughs> okay. He uh, he decided that he liked to have the little loops and it's everything in it. So, um, which a lot of people don't do today. You know, they say you got to have pretty much a straight line and be able to set the hook. But he had, you know, he had, you could look at his line on the water and there was like a million little loops and stuff in it. So what we did was we uh, got a hold of Chris Fave in Pennsylvania, who probably ties the majority of um, the hand-tied leaders in the country, I mean, he does tons of these. I asked him last year, he said between him and the people that work for him, he tied over 70,000 leaders. And I couldn't even imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I said. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tie him for a day without going out of my mind. But um, 
he does them for us. We, we, I gave him the formulas for all of George's. We tweaked them a little bit here and there, and um, they work real well. What we, you know, we'll sell you a pack of all three different ones for eleven dollars. You can try whichever ones you want, and then pick up. You know, and uh, they really, um, I really enjoy them. I like knotted leaders anyway because I know exactly where. You know, if I want to cut it back to, uh, you know, if it's 4X and I want to cut it back to 2X or I want to cut it back to 1X, I know exactly how far back I have to go to do that. So that's kind of nice. I I love it, too, from the, you know, inevitably, at least on our waters, there's a bunch of tag alders and they do come into play from time to time and it makes it remarkably easy to rebuild the leader quickly. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and a- and down here, down here too, we have um, we're like forty-five minutes from Yellowstone Park. So, uh, you know, the and and this year has been fun because it's been pretty quiet there. Um, I talked to a guy last week, and he said he was the only person within sight on the fire hole that he'd never seen that before. So. Uh, that had to be pretty special. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. We fished the northeast corner, Soda Butte, and the Lamar and stuff. And um, it, it's fun to just be out there. That's that's another place that we really enjoy while we're out here, just to throw that in. And um, the leaders work well. You know, I use, I use all three of them, depending on who used the original on the boat. And I'll use one of the others. Um, in a smaller spot or on a smaller creek. So it's, and you can switch them out easy. They're, you know, they're just, they just um, seem to fit with our whole philosophy. And well, they, uh, they've made up real nice to your line. They, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know, in a, in a, in a different kind of, way we decided to um if you looked on the website we have miller mitts which were a big thing in the 60s and 70s for climbers and uh fishermen used them they're they're all wool with the lanolin in them and the face is a hard cotton and um they've been out of the country for 40 years no one could ever get them so i actually got a hold of the factory in england that makes them and I said, you guys still make these? He goes, oh, yeah, we make those. Would you like some? And I said, yeah, I'll take a bunch of them. So um, as it turns out, we're their only dealer in the country. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah so, and, and that's fun. And they actually are knit by little old ladies in the factory. <laughs> They're all hand knit. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. They only it, drive their Austin Healy's to church on Sundays. <laughs> yes. Well, they let them out if they're good, I guess. There you go. We, uh, we're just, Very we're nice. Slowly, we're slowly working towards, you know, we'll fill out stuff like that just as a, um, that fits the whole simple thing, you know, the whole uh, nothing complicated, nothing the latest um Super duper, whatever you know. We're, we're trying to go back to to basics with everything, you know. And it, and it's been fun, and it works out really well. And people like what we're doing. So um, 
we're happy. Well, that's that's a wonderful thing to be able to say. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, one of the uh, before all this wonderful virus stuff hit us, um, every year in the in the main room of the museum we do a display, and this year's was going to be river guides and their stories. And uh, I'm wondering if you might have a fishing story or two that you'd like to share with our listeners, just to, in keeping with the theme, as it were. <laughs> Um, we have we have an exotic one. Does that count, or does it have to be trout? No, it's oh, fishing story is a fishing story. We, we, we're <laughs> we're not it's, we're not too particular that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's it was in Brazil, and uh, we went to we went. It's called the Aquaboa River, which is a tributary of the Amazon, and um, Alexis and I got together, we got some money from her parents, so we said, I said, do you, would you rather fix up the kitchen, you know, re, you know, redo the kitchen, or go to Brazil and fish for peacock bass? And she said, are you kidding? Let's go to Brazil. Yeah, no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> so we got going there. We we're fishing um, with the guides, and, and it's, oh, it's so much fun. And I had a glass rod I was using, and um, the peacocks are are like street gangs. There's one big one, and the smaller ones all follow them around. And when you actually, and the big guy usually hits the whatever it is first. And unlike trout, where they usually scatter, everybody piles on the big guy to try to knock the food out of his mouth. So the best thing you can do is the second guy in the boat just throws the line out there and they usually hook one of the smaller ones but we were there one day and I hooked it was a 13 and a half pounder and he was big and um, he bent my glass rod over almost double and the guy was in the back and he ducked because when um, when a graphite rod does that they usually explode so uh, I'm like it's okay it's okay relax and we were on a tributary and in seconds, he had spooled me out for the whole fly line and was into the backing and ran across the river. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at the guide. He goes, don't worry, Mon, don't worry. So he pulls us across the river. We get there. And the fish is hooked around an underground tree, like a branch of a tree. So... Um, you know, I'm saying, well, you know, I'm looking at him. I'm like, what are we going to do now? And he, he says, don't worry, man. And he takes his shoes off and his hat and he jumps in the river. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, there's caimans and piranha in here, you know. Gosh. So he, he's under for like 30 seconds. And I said to Alexis, oh, my God, how are we going to explain to the lives that we lost the guide, you know, or how are we going to get back? You know? So he comes up after about 30 seconds, and um, he's standing there, he's going, huh, huh, huh. and I said, it's okay, man, don't worry, it's okay, it's okay. So he goes back under like this, because he's another 10 seconds. He comes up, and he comes up, and he says, oh, I'm sorry, man, I, I lost your fish, and he's got this, big, you know, grin on his face, really big smile. I said, it's okay, man, get out of there before you get eaten by something. 
And all of a sudden, he holds up this 13-and-a-half-pound peacock. And the line, the line is completely off. The, the hook is completely out. So we don't know how he cut that line free. If he had a knife with him, yeah. if he chewed it with his teeth, it was just, he was, yeah, he was, the, he was like, happy as a clam. He yeah, was just so was happy a, that he could do that for us. That's amazing. And it, was, it was a big piece of 40-pound test. And uh, I had uh, Gilson Anger make me up all these exotic leaders and everything. And we get down there, and the guy that owns the place, he looks, he says, yeah, your leader's a little rough. I said, yeah, we were going to change it. He said, I'll change it for you. So he takes it off, and he pulls out a spool of 40X, and he just strips off a six-foot piece, ties it on there, and says, there, that's the leader. <laughs> You're set. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a little bit different than chasing the smaller trout. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's, not, uh, <laughs> it's not like here. But it was fun. It was it was a wonderful, you know. It was December, seventy five degrees, no bugs. I mean, it was just you're literally in paradise. So yeah. it was, I'd recommend That's anybody go do something like that at least once. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And and Alexis, good on you for uh, saying let's go fish instead of the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to go to Brazil, oh my gosh! And to, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Fun. Yeah, it was amazing. And we had a good group of people. It wasn't a full group; it was a smaller group, and it was it was a perfect group of people. And everybody, it it was, yeah, it was awesome. He and and when just before the guy jumped into the water, he handed Alexis the pole, and he said, "Here, you hold boat." And she's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I'm holding, I'm holding the rod. She's holding the boat, and we don't know where the guide is. That's so, awesome. Guide for a day. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun. <laughs> well, well um, relative to uh, fishing stateside, um, Alexis, do you have a favorite hatch or – uh, favorite time of year that you particularly enjoy? I like it in the fall because when we would come out here to fish, we would always come out in September. And it's it's not so hot. Um, we prefer, we both prefer dry flies. And it seems like whenever we were here in September, I don't have a favorite hatch. It's just, it doesn't matter to me <laughs> just as long. I love, I love the dry fly fishing because I love to see that. I love it when you can see the fish, you can see them coming up for something and that whole experience of actually watching the fish come up to grab that fly. That, to me, that's fly fishing. It's not the streamers where you just, where you go down below and you hope that you get something. I love seeing the fish when the water's clear and that's what happens a lot here in the, here in the fall is that the water is really clear. You can actually see the fish. You can see them coming up. And that, that for me, is the best part of it. You know, and I uh, I go from, like, end of runoff on, I just I have a box of terrestrials, which is everything from ants to beetles to bees. 
And, you know, whatever's hacking, I, I always use those. And that always works for me. And then probably come July, August, I'll just, every once in a while, I'll throw on one of them big, goofy, um, whatever them big Chernobyl ants are or something oh. with the rough legs and the goofy eyes and stuff. Yeah. They're just fun to fish, you know. And out here, you just splat them on the surface as loud as you can get like a foot off the bank and somebody will always jump them. So uh, that's kind of fun. We're not a real hat match the hatch kind of people. So whatever works, we find, we try different, we'll try different flies. Yeah. And if, if it works, it works. And we're just, it's, it's fun. It's just out there for the fun of it. No, oh, that's terrific, and and I'm I, I'm right there with you guys. It's uh, the whole experience of of you know casting to a rising fish and, and watching it yeah. you know consume your fly is just there's a, there's a great deal of satisfaction there. Sure. Oh yeah. And then on the Yellowstone, you can see him coming on a clear day. You can see him coming from two or three two or three feet from the bottom, coming straight up. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the banks drop right off. So you hit it a foot or so from the bank, and um, you're almost guaranteed to strike at least. Yeah. Oh, and the worst it. part is when, when you see them coming and they pass it, yeah. and you're, you're yelling at You're like, why didn't you take it? So that's, <laughs> but, that's, but it's funny, too, because it's like, what's your problem? <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... It's just the fun of it. It really is. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, that's great. Well, guys, I I can't thank you both enough for taking time out of your morning to uh, to chat with me and to uh, entertain our listeners. It's uh, it's much appreciated. Oh, uh, that's, you're that's welcome. Fun. We always enjoy doing this. I, yeah. I could do this. I could talk all day. Just ask any of the customers that call here and try to get out early. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that in mind, maybe we'll have you back for a second round uh, as we go into the winter then. Oh, that is there's fun. Yes, yeah, definitely. Anytime. Yep. Give us a call anytime. Well, I, I, I have a great deal of admiration for uh, for what you're both doing and uh, uh, certainly uh, continue to uh, have an appreciation for your product. And uh, just glad we could get together. And I guess for for those of for those listening um, who are, you know, we're we're kind of Michigan centric uh, as a rule. But um, I I think one of the one of the tie-ins here with you guys is uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you're using scientific anglers to produce your lines, and right. that is an that's an that's an old Michigan company. Um, they've they they've become a very large company now, but they they're still here in Michigan. And um, I'm just I'm glad our paths were able to cross. I think uh, I think everybody will get a kick out of this. Oh, good. Oh, good. Glad. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And call us anytime. We'd be happy to talk. Yeah. So, well, thank I, you so I'm going to give you a call. Yeah, offline, and uh, uh, I. I would probably wouldn't mind having a pair of those mittens to add to uh <laughs> fly bag. So uh that that's probably a good idea. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but 
Well, thanks again, guys. I, I sincerely appreciate it. I hope you have You're a welcome. great rest of the day and uh, uh, go catch Thank the fish you. or two today. <laughs> Maybe we will. Thank you. Thank you. That'll put a wrap on this week's edition of the Backcast Podcast. Tom and Alexis were uh, a fun, fun couple to, to speak with and uh, doing some neat stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. We sure did. Uh, Housekeeping-wise, uh, no podcast on the 14th. Uh, so next week, we're taking the week off. Glenn and I are going to uh, both enjoy some more family time. And uh, we'll be back on the 21st with a brand new episode. So we'll look forward to catching up with you then. Until then, mind your backcast. cast.